0: Hey readers, I'm Anne Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, Episode 64. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader, what should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest. Today, we have a special episode for you. I talked to 15 different podcast listeners about how they track their reading, and today I'm sharing them all with you. Some readers even provided photos of their methods, and those are in the show notes on the podcast site. You can find those at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 64. We have a lot to cover today, and I totally mean that is a good thing. We're starting with the more common methods like Goodreads, and then we'll move on to the more inventive and unusual. Let's get to- First up, I'm talking to Brienne about how she uses Goodreads.
2: Brienne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So, Brienne, like
0: a lot of readers, you use Goodreads to track your books, but I think you use a lot of tools that many readers don't know about. I certainly didn't for the first couple of years I used Goodreads. Will you tell us about what you do with all the data you entry into that? Uh, what is it? Is it an app? It's a site? You know what I mean.
2: Yeah. Yes, they have a website and they have an app as well, which I use the app mostly now that I have a smartphone. So I've been using that um, for the past two years more frequently than when I go on the computer. But so I always they have a reading challenge for the year. You can set a goal. And that's what I like to do, because I love that. Kind of i'm you know i set a goal i can see it every time i go into the app every time i finish a book i can go and look at my reading challenge to see how i've progressed and it shows there's a little ticker and it shows you know what percentage of your goal you have reached you know and i love that so i can see if i'm ahead of schedule or behind schedule and and things like that and i love being able to go and see my friends reading challenges as well so and to do with the reading challenge, um, at the end of the year, they always kind of give you a, you can, oh, there's a link where you can click on to see what your reading looks like for the past year. And I just love that visual, you know, they give you a little sticker or a little icon that shows, you know, you completed your reading challenge. And that's kind of a, bit, I, I, that's outside, um, encouragement is kind of, is good for me that's totally my personality i love having that which is kind of ridiculous but it makes me feel good to know that i've accomplished my goal and then i love seeing it you know it's it's very visual i love that it shows you know this was the longest book you read this year you know you read this many books you finished this many this amount of pages it shows you the shortest book that you read it shows you the longest book that you read what was the highest rated book on goodreads and what was your highest rated book? Things like that. And mm-hmm. so I love seeing that visual at the end of the year, um, but also throughout throughout the year, also seeing the ticker where it shows you your percentage completed and kind of, it just encourages me to keep going and I enjoy seeing that. So
0: That sounds good. Now, Goodreads does their challenge by numbers, right? They're talking about a numeric goal to hit for number of books right. read in a year?
2: Yes, yes.
0: Okay. What was yours? For
2: 2016, my goal was 65 books.
0: Oh, wow. And did
2: you hit it? I did. I exceeded it. I read 84 books last year. Wow. So I definitely went over. Yeah, that was it was a big reading year for me. I act, I've toned it down. My goal for this year is only 70 books, which is I know I can read more than that. Mm-hmm. But I'm tr- I'm definitely I'm doing your Modern Mrs. Dar- Darcy reading challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm really trying to go more for quality rather than quantity this year. So I'm being a little bit more deliberate about my choices. I mean, last year, I read a ton of library reader choice books which sometimes that's great but I did it under the the promise of receiving this handmade bag from a librarian and it ended up being you know a dollar reusable bag How sad <laughs> <laughs> i was like what but i mean it was good but those books aren't always maybe books where that i would read which can be good and i did find some gems in there but at the same time i feel like then i read a ton of books that maybe aren't up to the standard I normally would. And then I kind of get sidetracked. So I'm trying to be more deliberate this year. So that's why my goal for this year is only 70. But last year I exceeded my goal. And that was a lot of fun to see that. I really that that external motivation
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> of
2: this computer program, mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, I read this many books. I'm 129% over my goal. Like that it's, it's ridiculous that that kind of makes me happy, but it really does. So
0: in that case, I'm glad you've learned to work with it.
2: good. Okay. Well, thanks for telling us about your method. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for talking to me about it. I appreciate it.
0: We heard a lot of love for Goodreads from our listeners, like this email from Susan. "'Last year in January, I started tracking all the books I read on Goodreads, so I could have the end-of-the-year stats done for me, of course. I have to admit that I was a little disappointed with the end-of-the-year reports. I thought there were going to be more categories on the pie chart, showing my true geeky colors here. It seems that some of the more elaborate pie charts I've seen are done by people with more computer knowledge than I have, and more than I'm willing to learn.' This summer, I added yet another way to track my reading to the mix, the MMD Reading Journal. I've been experimenting in there with more fun ways to track my reading, like drawing bookshelves and labeling the books as I read them. Even for someone with zero artistic talent, rectangles of varying heights and widths are fairly easy to draw. So yes, I track my reading in as many ways as possible. After all, next to reading, what's more fun than making book lists and tracking reading records? Here's another email from Goodreads user Jill. I use Goodreads to keep track of what I've read, but I keep the list of what I'd like to read and potential TBRs in a few different Amazon wish lists. I have a list for work, a list for personal, a list for parenting books, and a list for books that might be good for each of my kids. I think I keep it on Amazon as I don't like the idea of all my Goodreads friends knowing what I'm thinking about reading. Probably the upholder in me don't want to be accountable in public if I don't get to something. But back to Goodreads, when they send you that lovely little note at the end of the year showing your year in reading, I clap my hands and jump up and down. With with excitement and then I go analog and I print out the gorgeous infographic that displays all of the covers and carefully glue that bad boy into my journal. And then I gaze at it for a few minutes and feel smug, which is quickly replaced by gratitude, which is then replaced by feeling humbled by how much I still have to learn and read. And then on to the next year. Now let's hear from Leslie who uses Goodreads in tandem with another tool. Leslie, tell us a little about how you track your reading.
4: I do a combo, um, I, it kind of started with something um, funny, but my sister and I print our own annual calendars that we use. Uh-huh. Um, we developed our own layout and just got them printed at a local printer. And um, this past year, we do in August to August because we like the school year um, format. Uh-huh. And we print ourselves plenty of notes, papers in the back, like probably maybe 75 to 100 pages of extra paper. And um, while I can't depart from my weekly layout for a full-on bullet journal, I have started utilizing the back pages to track my reading in a bullet journal style just to kind of get used to the format and learn how to do it. And it's been a good entry point for me. Nice. So this is like a planner, not like a calendar that goes on your kitchen wall. Correct. Correct. Sorry. Yes. A spiral-bound planner. And it's got week Um, spreads and then a monthly spread. And then a lot of note pages in the back. And, um, in addition to that, I really love the Goodreads app because I do a lot of, um, probably 90% of my reading on Kindle and use the library, the library's Kindle catalog. Mm -hmm. And so it syncs so effortlessly between Kindle and Goodreads to be able to track, you know, when I finish a book, you can rate it right then. And then, um, I have my Amazon app and my, um, Goodreads app right next to each other in the library's overdrive app. So I just kind of utilize all three of them right there together to, um, add stuff to a wish list, or if I'm going to buy something. And then I also used your trick of the, um, Kindle deals. I made that its own little app too.
0: Oh, fun. um, I know what you're talking about. I felt like that was such a genius discovery that somebody had to explain to me. I had no idea. I had no idea either, but it's so easy. We'll put that in show notes because I'm pretty sure people don't know what we're talking about. But it's this little trick where you can turn a website into what basically looks like an app button on your iPhone. And I think it works on Android also.
4: Well, I have all my little reading apps together. So (laughs) I can kind of geek out between my Kindle app, Goodreads app, Amazon, Overdrive, and your... (laughs) <laughs> your Kindle deals. In these apps and with your bullet journal, mm-hmm. what's the most mm-hmm. important
0: information you want to remember about each book? I'm assuming title author dates. You say title you a star author
4: rating. date. Yes. I, I really only rate it on Goodreads. Um, and then for some reason, I do like to keep track of books that I've abandoned mm-hmm. also in my bullet journal, which funny enough, I don't, this probably is Meaningful, but um, the only books I've really abandoned in the last year are audiobooks that didn't work for me. Interesting. I, yeah, just for whatever reason, the narrator or the story—like the girls—did not work for me at all <laughs> on audiobook. That like, didn't work for me, me on here. Paper either. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that
4: makes me feel better. Well, a lot of
0: people loved it though. But that's interesting yeah. that the audio didn't work. Do you have any yeah. other collections in your bullet journal besides the books you abandoned?
4: Um, I've got books I want to read, and then I separate audiobooks and non-audiobooks into two separate lists Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of have them side by side and see how many I go through in a year. And then books that I will want to read, and it's so satisfying to cross them out. (laughs) (laughs) I I think a lot of people can relate (laughs) to that.
0: Yeah. How long have you been using your current system? Probably
4: only about four or five months now, Uh but, um, between your podcast and your blog, and then, um, you know, Jansen from everyday reading that you had on in an early episode. Yes. She did this great post. And I I mean, obviously I could probably have found this information out myself, but she did a screenshotted step-by-step post on how to use overdrive for iPhone, Uh like, and use the library Uh and, um, it just reading it like hit me at the right time. I had a newborn and was nursing and needed to be able to use my Kindle all the time. And just everything, the stars collided and everything has worked for me to, um, use the library as much as I can. And then I got back to work and I, there's just something so satisfying about writing things down in a notebook. I can't go past it as much as I love my apps. I still love to use a pen and paper and record things and cross them out. And
0: A lot of people really relate to that, myself included.
4: Thanks so much for telling us about your books. Oh, yes. Thank you for having me.
0: Rachel also uses Goodreads, but as you'll hear, she uses another tool that not too many of you mentioned. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for telling us about how you track your reading. So when you emailed and said that you use Goodreads like so many people does, I had a specific question. You said that you tracked everything you read, everything you want to read and everything you abandoned. I personally don't like to track what I've abandoned in Goodreads because it counts it. I'm just not satisfied with the way they count it as a book. So I want to know if you know a trick I don't, or if you've just made your piece with the fact that Goodreads will show that forever is something that you have pending. What do you, how do you handle that?
5: Um, so what I did was I made sure that I removed it from my list of read books mm-hmm. and I created its own category. So I have a category that I have just labeled as abandoned. Mm-hmm. And then, um, usually then I'll plug in like some little notes for myself, you know, abandoned at page 100 or, you know, something like that. So I track, um, things that I have no intention of going back to, <laughs> For whatever reason, but then I also have another category that I've created um, that I call to finish later. So if I think that I like the book, but maybe it's not the right time for me to read it, or um, you know, if maybe my my library hold stack just came in, maybe I'll set that aside for a little bit. Um, so I do track those things separately.
0: How long have you been tracking your books on Goodreads?
5: It's probably been, um, coming up close to two years now.
0: Okay. Do you happen to know how many books you have in that abandoned category?
5: I only started doing the abandoned last year. Um, so for 2016, I abandoned four books.
0: Okay. That's not, well, I don't know. That doesn't seem high to me, but how does that feel to you?
5: I'm one of those people that I tend to really want to push through and finish. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are just so many good books. And I think I've just come to understand that there's certain books I'm just not going to get into. So, um, like, for example, the one book I abandoned was um, Eligible by Curtis Sittenfield. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to like it, but I just came to understand that I'm a purist when it comes to Jane Austen. (laughs) So I gave it 100 pages and I said, you know what, I just... I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm just going to put it down.
0: And life goes on.
5: And life goes on.
0: (laughs) I'm especially curious about library thing, something a lot of readers have heard a lot about and not that many readers actually use. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is and how you use it?
5: right so library thing it's similar to goodreads but it there's no social aspect so you're not connected to other people um but primarily what it is is it's just a way for you to catalog your books um so you can have collections of books, so you can um, take all of your books and just dump them in, or you can sort them into different um, categories if you wanna know by genre or by author, Um, you can do that. They do have um, different categories, so if you wanna track like currently reading or to read, you can do that, Um, but primarily what I do is um, we actually moved last August. And so it seemed like a really good time while I was packing my books to go ahead and maybe catalog all of them. So you're able to scan um, your barcodes and then you can, um, it'll just tally them all up for you and they have a really cool um, cover view. So when you click on your library, You can just see the covers of all of the different books that you own. So I've kept track of all of the physical copies of books that I have um, because maybe like a lot of book readers, I like to go to book sales and I'm really into picking up used books. Uh So a lot of times I'll be staying there going, do I own this book or not? So I always keep my library thing open to see, make sure I don't... um, Maybe buy something I already have. And then I also created a separate category that I labeled ebooks. So I keep track of um, how many um, ebooks
0: that I have going as well. What other categories do you have on Library Thing?
5: Those are really the only ones that I use. Um, they, it's pre populated with a wish list and currently reading, to read, um, read but unowned, and favorite. So I don't really track my reading through library thing. I just like to keep it as a way to track how many books I have and which ones.
0: Do you know how many books are in your personal collection then? Do you have them all folded in?
5: I do. So anytime my, my books come in the mail, I'm always scanning first thing. Um, so as of today, I have 400.
0: I have no idea if how many I have. I wonder <laughs> if a lot of readers do. I don't have a feel for what a certain number of books looks like on a shelf. How interesting. Okay, I have a question. Did it actually turn out to be a good idea to do that during your move? I couldn't tell if you were uh, (laughs) gently chiding yourself on your (laughs) lofty goals or not.
5: No, it was, um, I actually thought it was fun and, um, you know, you just can open it and they have a little add to catalog button and you can click on the scanner. And, um, in fact, my five-year-old was holding my phone and I was just putting the books under the scanner and we just got into a rhythm. So it was actually fun.
0: Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. That actually sounds like a fun Saturday project. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for telling us about your reading. Great, thank you. In compiling this episode, I learned just how many of you love your spreadsheets, especially the ones you make in Excel. Here's an email like that from listener Allison. I keep an Excel spreadsheet with a tab for each year. For each year, I record every book that I've read. I keep the title, author, and page number, and a tally of the page numbers for the year so that by December 31st, I have not only a record of the number of books I've read, but also the number of pages. Other items that I've recorded with varying degrees of success throughout the years include star reviews, dates completed, and number of days it took to read the book. I'm not successful with recording these extra things each year, but when I have them, they are sure fun to look back on. Something I started doing this year is I kept a second list just below my main list on the same spreadsheet of books I've abandoned. I put the title, then put not for me or not now. I like this because not only does it help me remember what I've attempted, but it helps me remember why, and also it helps my uber organized brain remember why there are gaps in the dates on my master spreadsheet of completed books. I've been doing this since 2011. I love being able to look back on past years to see what I've read, compare reading patterns and progress, and see how I've grown as a reader. In putting together this episode, I was so impressed at how many of you track your books on some kind of digital platform, like an app or a spreadsheet, and also are faithful to analog methods. You say you need both for your reading life. Here's Donna talking about how she does that. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anne. I'm happy to be here. Well, when I put out a call for how readers track their reading, I was so intrigued by your spreadsheet method. Can you
6: tell us how you track your books? Sure. Yes. I track my books in Excel and, you know, I used to just have a, you know, very straightforward list, which was sorted by author. So kind of nothing special to it. And then, um, actually just a couple years ago, I changed it. I was, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was recommending a book to her. Uh, I was recommending Bell Canto by Ann Patchett. Mm-hmm. And I was really, you know, I was like really laying it on thick and telling her how much I love this book and love this author. And she finally turns to me and says, well, I know I would love that book because I recommended it to you. So (laughs) I I know I was completely mortified. And it just sort of sparked a thought in my head that I would change my tracking to be by the source of where I had heard about the book. So I started off just doing it by friends so that I would not go through an embarrassing (laughs) embarrassing moment like that again. And then I've added to it. Obviously, I have a category in there for your podcast, uh, something like the New York Times best of list at the end of the year. Um, So different, different sources that I actually hear about the book from the beginning.
0: How do you actually break those down on your spreadsheet? Is it categorized by source, or do you just have a column that says where you heard about it?
6: It's broken out uh, at the top of the column. I will list what the source is. Literally, it'll say something like, from Heather or (laughs) from WSIRN. And then I just list the books uh, beneath that.
0: How long have you been doing it like this? Only a couple
6: of years. And I find I really like it for a couple of reasons. Um, it actually really helps me in determining what to read next, because you start to think about, well, what What am I in the mood to read? So maybe I want something, uh, maybe I want something nonfiction, something that will challenge me a little bit, and I will think to look under the category of Bill Gates, who actually does some really interesting book recommendations. Or maybe I want something a little bit lighter, maybe more accessible, and then I'll look at your summer reading list, for example. So it actually, depending on my mood, helps me to pick the next book.
0: So now are you able to see where most of your recommendations come from? And have you been surprised to see where you do end up hearing about the books you end up enjoying or not enjoying, as the case may be?
6: Yes. No, that actually has been a really interesting part of it. I would say the number one place I get the best recommendations are from my friends. I guess that shouldn't be surprising because they they know me. Um, But that actually has been a little bit surprising. Uh, lately, actually I've noticed that I have a lot of recommendations I enjoy from our book club because a lot of people on there are listing what they're currently reading and tell a little bit about it. Uh, and that's actually been a great spot for me to get good recommendations.
0: It gives you just enough information to know whether or not you think you'd enjoy it. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Now you have a way of rating the books that you complete, don't you?
6: I do. My rating is a little bit, well, in some ways it's very straightforward. So I have a rating from one to five, one being amazing. I loved it. It's probably going to be one of my favorites for the year. Uh, Two, I still loved it. Three, it was okay. Four, not so much. And five is I stopped reading it. But on top of that, I actually have uh, an email that I put out to my friends every week. I'm, I'm big on doing recommendations, uh-huh. not just on books. I do it on movies. I do health tips or whatever I, whatever I feel like I want to pass along. So the ratings actually help me with that. If I have a rating of a one then for sure it's going in that weekly email. And then I can just put a check mark next to it once I've actually made the recommendation. So a little bit of a standard rating and a little bit, you know, done for something I particularly do.
0: Okay. How, how rare are the one and five star ratings? I know you didn't say star, but (laughs) you, you know what I mean?
6: Yeah. A one star, very rare. I would say typically, Maybe two or three in a year, and the five where I stop reading. I actually I would say that used to be rare, and as I get older, I become more ruthless, <laughs> and there's, it seems like there are more and more uh, that I put on the five list.
0: What were the books that got ones last year? Do you remember?
6: I do. Yeah. So my top pick, thanks to you, was One in a Million Boy. I absolutely loved that book. And just like you, I never would have thought to pick that book up. I think I would have been a little intimidated by the subject matter. And I just thought it was lovely. Mm -hmm. I thought it really, um, it really represented what friendship means and how you can find friendship in uh, unexpected ways. So I I really love that book. Uh, I also gave a one to Kate Atkinson's um, A God Among Ruins, Mm -hmm. and uh, she's just one of my favorite authors in general. So it wasn't too surprising that that was a one.
0: I like her, too. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much for sharing your system with us. Do you have any plans to shake it up or do you feel like you found the one that works for you? Well, I definitely, I
6: love the idea of shaking it up. So I'm very interested to hear what other people do and to to take on some new ideas. I don't have anything in particular in mind, but I'm definitely very open to it.
0: I always feel like I'll know it when I see it. Exactly. Okay, well, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you, Anne. And here's an email from Bethany talking about how she also combines digital and analog. The journal she's about to refer to is the Modern Mrs. Darcy Free Printable Reading Journal. We will link to that in show notes. Here's Bethany. I love tracking my reading. I use Goodreads and your principal journal. For Goodreads, I love using the Goodreads app on my phone because it is always with me. I add books I want to read and often put a private note so I remember why I put it on my TBR list. I track what I'm currently reading. I rate and review the books I read. I also use the reading challenge to give me a goal of how many books I want to read in a year. For your printable journal, I usually write the synopsis, my review, and my favorite quotes for each book I read. Next let's talk to Margie about her love for spreadsheets and the New York times bestseller list. As you can see, I couldn't resist asking her a bazillion questions. Margie, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Well, Margie, when I put out my email call for responses, I got a very interesting email about the spreadsheets you use to track your reading. Why don't you tell us about that yourself? Because I certainly couldn't do it because I am not a self-respecting engineer as, as you called yourself.
7: So once an engineer, always an engineer. Um, I got started—I got back into reading um, following a trip to Boston. I did four years of engineering school, then spent a year starting my career, and then did four years of grad school. By the time I got through that, I had pretty much dropped reading as a hobby, which had been my favorite hobby growing up. And so at that point, I was working and loved to read and wanted to find a way to— Basically, have somebody else find the books for me, which was basically the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list. I love to read about science. I love to read about history. Um, I'm less into the celebrity memoirs that populate the list, but those trickle in there every once in a while. And so I started just printing the lists and picking the ones off of there that caught my attention, figuring that it was a pretty easy way to find things that were at least readable, if not necessarily you know the most hidden or um things you would love to find just walking into a bookstore in your ideal everyday world mm-hmm. and so being an engineer i started keeping track of what i was reading and was kind of interested just in how long books sat on the list mm-hmm. and so um i had read that for years starting all the way back in high school and so as i went into it i kind of started reading in both directions so it just started being a way to track what I was reading, how broadly I was reading, Mm -hmm. was I reading history? Was I reading science? Was I reading all of the, I love the years of the election because all of the people who want to run for office the year before the election start putting out all of these political books. Mm -hmm. And so it really gave me a chance to, to kind of broaden what I was reading. Mm
0: -hmm. So you said that you've read five of the top 15 books each week for about the last 20 years.
7: That's right. That takes me back to like my junior year of high school.
0: Oh, wow. What have you learned?
7: That there are a thousand times as many good books out there to read as I will ever have time to read. One of the things that I love about it is that it lets me read, like from a political basis, it lets me read across both sides of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I'm a born and bred Midwesterner, you know, cornfield of Illinois brought up. Mm -hmm. I now live in Texas, Mm -hmm. you know, which everybody knows is a bastion of liberal thought. Um, And so reading this way, it lets me see the Fox News anchors and the CNN anchors and the um, New York Times columnist reporters and the Washington Post. And so you get to see not just the insulated world that you live or work in, but a little bit of the broadness of that. The other thing that I find really interesting is that it's gotten a lot harder to do this in recent years. And I think that's because of the ebooks, but books don't stay on the list as long as they used to. Like, if you go back and you look at, I think like 97, 98 was when this started, mm-hmm. you would have books that would stay on the list for a 100 weeks. Mm-hmm. Some of the books would stay on there for 200 weeks, which is like four years.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Having a few of those on there makes it a whole lot easier because mm-hmm. for four years, you're like, oh, already read that one. Mm-hmm. There's one of my five. And now, I think with the rise of, eBooks and just the availability that you see. And then, you know, Amazon letting people see hundreds of books, you know, every time you log into their website, they're like, Mm. here's something new you should read. Mm. The books turn over on the list a lot faster than they used to too.
0: Interesting. Are you more likely to read a book that you think will camp out there for a while?
7: I try not to just stick to the things that I know are going to be necessarily popular. Uh Um, you know, because that, that may just not be something that hits my interest. Like Mm -hmm. lately it feels like there's been a ton of like 1970s, 1980s musician memoirs that have hit the (laughs) list. Like you've seen Keith Richards and you've Mm -hmm. seen, um, Oh, just a lot of the, either the hair band or the, you know, kind of the rock and roll histories. And that's just not a thing for me. So I skip those Mm -hmm. and I don't make myself read anything that Mm -hmm. I don't find engaging. But it does, it really lets you, you know, kind of pick up different things and see them. I still wish there were more science and history books on there, but you know, to each
0: their own. Exactly. It sounds like this has worked for you for 20 years. Do you have any plans to change things up in the future? Or have you found your system? You wanna stick with it for the foreseeable future?
7: You know, I come and go from it. I try and stay caught up within about six months. Mm -hmm. I read almost exclusively from the library. So the Mm -hmm. library wait list is kind of, you know, I live in the Harris County, um, the greater Houston area. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you reserve a book and you're like, great, I'm 500th on the list oh, reading that for six months. Yeah. Um, I just picked up the hillbilly elegy by J.D. Vance mm-hmm. yesterday mm-hmm. after being on the wait list for like five months. What I do find is that certain seasons will burn me out. You know, having just finished the election year that was so controversial and the sheer number of Hillary Clinton Donald Trump books that have been on the list. It'll take me a few, a few, a few more months before I wade back into any of those. But um, I think I'll keep going as long as my um, drawer and my highlighter stay caught up.
0: (laughs) Well, that was fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing about it with us.
7: I'm
8: glad to do it.
0: Caroline, thanks for coming on. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so Caroline, you emailed with some interesting methods of tracking your reading that not a lot of readers use that I know of. Can you explain a little bit what you do?
8: Sure. Yeah, so I use three main methods. And uh, one of the things that I do is use the Book Catalog app. Um, And that's just one kind of app that can do all of this. I've heard of other people using BookBuddy and I think Library Thing. But um, this particular app is a free app, uh, and you can pay the developer to help since it's a cool app. But... You can log all of your books. You can scan them in or enter in with the ISBN number, log all of your books, set up all kinds of bookshelves, which is my favorite thing. So I've got a lot of adult books and then subcategories of that, and then I have Kidlet and subcategories of that so that I can look up picture book biographies. I can look up diverse books. I can look up middle grade fiction. I can look up magical realism. And then with each book, I can make notes on it. So I can say this one's written in past tense or this one is written in present tense if I'm looking for particular books like that Uh or in verse. And then I also write down my favorite quotes, kind of different feelings on that. And then I also give each book a rating after I read them, which what I love about that on this app is those ratings are private. So I don't have to feel bad or feel like a certain way about rating books. Like They can be all of my honest thoughts. Um, And then my Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then my second big thing is Goodreads. So I track all of my reads and my want to reads on Goodreads. And then I will do a lot of ratings on there, but I don't rate everything. And I'll try to do a little mini review, even if it's just a couple sentences, but uh, sometimes I don't. And then my third main method is in my one line a day journal. So I've got one of those five year one line a day journals. Mm-hmm. I will write my one or two sentences about the day. And then at the very last line on that day, I will write what I'm reading. And so I don't put a whole lot of details because I don't have a lot of room, but Mm -hmm. I do just say reading and I put the title and I put the author. And then what's cool about that, that I like so far, although I've only done this one line a day journal for a year. um, What I like about this so far is that I can see kind of how long it took me to go through a book. And it kind of reminds me of your blog post um, last year where you talked about bullet journaling and you would write the dates beside the books, your book titles. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like that so that I can see how long I go through and how long it takes me to read a book. Um, But then also what I'm kind of hoping with this method over the years is that I can look back and see how events in my life lined up with a book that I was reading and and if that changed my perspective of that book or if the book I was reading actually affected my perspective of the day. Because certain books, you know, have especially great heart books that have a lot of magic in them they can help you see the world in different ways. And I hope to kind of look back and see did this book change my perspective in my life for the better, or maybe not with some books.
0: That is a really cool idea that I've not heard of other readers doing before. I wish I had all that data to look back on.
8: Yeah. Well, and I don't have a lot of data yet, but I'm really hoping that over the years that, that I'll be able to, to see some kind of interesting patterns there or changes, hopefully changes. We all want to grow, right? Definitely. From what I'm reading.
0: Definitely. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that a great idea? Now here's Liz talking about her Commonplace book. Liz, good to talk to you. You too, Anne. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm hoping you'll share with us about your Commonplace book. You told me about in email. Yes,
9: I have been Commonplacing, oh, a couple of months now. Um, I started it because I had heard about Commonplaces, and I decided I want to do it myself.
0: Okay, so... Maybe we should start by exposing my ignorance. So what I think a common, when I think of a commonplace book, what I think of is just a record to keep track of all those notes and quotes and ideas you encounter in your daily life that you don't really have a place for. So you put them all together in the pages of this book. How far off am I?
9: You are really, you are on the mark at all. You are not far off at all. Okay. You don't have
0: to define everybody's commonplace book, but how do you use yours?
9: Well, I kind of you know since everybody does you know use it differently for me, I actually um have little divider tabs like sticky note divider tabs I got from just a a bookstore um and I kind of divide mine up by kind of genre of book that I'm reading so I have fiction, I have classics um nonfiction spiritual, so I divide it up like that. some people just flat out do it day by day. that doesn't work for me um so i', I <laughs> but I still write the dates when I have something. Um, but I mean, really when I did it, I looked at, I did some looking online to see why different people, different people used it. Um, and then I decided if really great people like Thomas Jefferson, um, Virginia Woolf and Sherlock Holmes, even though he's fictional, if they used it, I certainly (laughs) figured out a way to make it work for me. So I, I mean, I did mine on a budget. I did it with well, I started it on a budget. I did it with all of the things I had around the house, but then I got a little more into it, and I actually bought, um, it's probably just a $7 notebook on Amazon, but it's its really cool. It's like this vintage traveler's journal, and I can um, send you some pictures of it, but it, it makes me feel kind of like I am in the olden days writing down what I'm
0: reading. In the best sense, I assume.
9: Yes, yes, in the best I... sense. Not not getting dysentery or anything like that in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like a little bit like I'm on a ship writing things down. Liz, what do you keep track of in yours? Well, I have um I do keep an index in mine, kind of somewhat similar to somebody how somebody would in a bullet journal. Um I keep I have the classics, I have fiction, spiritual and nonfiction. But then in this, I also have a section for spoken. So that could be listening to podcasts, it could even be an audio book, if I'm not exactly sure where in the book it is, or just things people have said that I really like. So um, it really, I looked, you know, flipping through it, I I totally feel like a nerd, but I love it.
0: (laughs) Okay, when you say you have a section for fiction, what Mm -hmm. is it you're writing down? Are you making notes on what you're reading? Are you just listing the books you read? What is it that you're Recording here.
9: Well, that's actually a separate book, of the, the <laughs> books that I read. <laughs> oh, I have a notebook problem. Um, well, for example, I was reading a book for book club, um, and we were reading Outlander, which I have mixed feelings about. But um, I wrote down even some stuff as far as definitions. Um, you know, if they were defining a term that was kind of odd. But then I also write down things that really jumped and got my attention. If there are things, you know, devices a writers using. For example, this author in chapter nine, she had described someone's behind as a pumpkin shaped rear. And so I thought <laughs> it was hilarious. And so I had to write it down because I was like, that is so descriptive and so funny. Um, it what were you reading? Um, Outlander. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have lots of mixed thoughts on the book, but that was, there was some zingers. Um, but then some of it is more profound things that I write down more than a pumpkin shaped rear. <laughs> <laughs> It's not all notes like that, (laughs) Um, but I like it because for book club, we had, it got canceled twice because of illness and then a weather. And so even though it was, you know, two and a half months ago that I'd read the book, I was able to pull this up and have all my notes and just kind of refresh my memory. Um, Cause because I can't go back and read every book that I've read, although I love them all, but it kind of helps me kind of really let the reading sink in in a bit deeper.
0: Do you think that's just in the process of writing it down? Or do you think that's in the process of helping you remember? Mm-hmm.
9: I think both because I know for me, I I have to be highlighting or underline when I read or, you know, study or whatnot. But I do think being able to go back and reference it, um, especially if it's like a nonfiction book I'm reading, like I read one on money management. So that's really helpful for when I need to you know, not spend all my money on books.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just know to flip to page 37.
9: Yeah. When you need a reminder. I actually don't have page numbers for this because it actually has a little, it's a small notebook, but it has spirals in it. So I can move pages around. So I prefer not to number it because if one section gets too big, I can add more pages and I can buy refills at any time. So I actually don't number it, which is some people may not like, but I don't do it. (laughs)
0: Yep. Is it, working for you as is or is there anything you want to change about it as we move into another year
9: it is I kind of I don't know how I feel about having two separate notebooks I mean they're the same type just different colors my books that I'm reading or have read are in a separate book and I kind of wish I could synthesize them a little bit more but they're not they're not big and so I'm just not letting it stress me out right now (laughs) that they're (laughs) two separate places
0: I think that's a good place to be. Well, thanks so much for telling us about it today. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I look I enjoyed it. Deanna also uses a written method to track her reading, but the way she does it is unlike any I've ever seen. Here's what she says. Since 2009, I have been fan folding cardstock as a bookmark for the year. I organize the bookmark by month and under each month, I put the book title and its rating along with the date it was completed. Some years, I place an asterisk next to the favorite title of the month. I don't write the author's name simply because the space is small and my handwriting is large. I also utilize my journal, Goodreads, Instagram, and Litzy to keep track of the books I read throughout the year, but my bookmark method is my favorite because it's simple and to the point. There is no pressure to write. Plus, it's great fun to look back over the years of bookmarks to see the books I have read. For this one especially, go to the podcast show notes so that you can see a picture of what Deanna is talking about. She has a photo spread of her bookmarks over the years, and it is so inspiring to look at. That's at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 64. Those are the numeral 64. I highly recommend you pop over and take a look at these. Next up is Katie, a listener whose written reading journal experience goes way back. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Katie, when you responded to the request for How Readers Track Their Reading, you mentioned that you were at a crossroads where you were deciding what to do next because you were thinking of making a change. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've done in the past and what you're thinking of doing now?
3: Sure. Well, currently, well, currently as in the past year, I've been using Goodreads, and then I've been posting book reviews on my blog, which started out as monthly reviews, and then as I got into reading less often because I got busy, then it turned into more seasonal book reviews. Mm -hmm. But I'm also thinking of going back to what I did when I was in grade school and high school, and that was tracking in a notebook. And I remember very vividly I had this notebook with Winnie the Pooh and Tigger on the cover, and it had light blue pages, and each month I would get a page And I would write down the title, the author, and the number of pages for each book that I read. And then at the end of the month, I would total up the number of books and the number of pages I read. And reading was pretty much my only hobby. I was a very boring kid. So (laughs) at the end of the month, I would have, you know, 29 books and thousands of pages read. And it was fun for me to track that. So then at the end of the year, I would total those all up, too, and see how much I had read. But I stopped doing that... When I got to college because I wasn't reading as much or I was reading more for classes rather than for fun. So I let that go. And somewhere along the line, I lost my reading journals, which is really it's really a bummer because now my oldest son is seven and he's getting almost to the point where I started keeping Mm -hmm. the journals. And I would have loved to look back and see what I enjoyed so I could recommend books to him that I think he might like. But also in the reading journals, I didn't actually write anything down about what I liked about books or any sort of star system or anything. It was just title, author, and page number. So now I'm thinking for this year, I may do some combination of a couple things that I've done in the past and keep track of all those things, but also write down the characters in this were really well thought out or I like this writing style or something that way. I have that written down also so I can look back on it. So this year I'm going to do, I think, paper and pen because I'm a paper and pen girl. Uh But I'm going to write down the title, the author, maybe even the page count like I did when I was younger. But then I'm also going to write some sort of note about what I actually enjoy or dislike about a book. So I have that to refer to.
0: Okay. So obviously this is to provide insight on your present self to your future self to keep you from rereading bad books. Although apparently you liked it the first time. Is there a motivational factor in here too?
3: Well, I'm also hoping to increase my reading. Last year, I only read, I think, 14 books, and that was a pretty low number, but I was also busy with my own projects and my Mm -hmm. own book. I released a cookbook last year. Mm -hmm. So this year, I'm hoping to have a little bit more free time, and I figure if I can keep track of things, that'll help me see if I could maybe stop watching TV a little bit more and devote more time to reading. Or if, Hey, I've already read three books this month. This is more than last year. So there is some motivation there.
0: I like the sound of that. Good luck with it.
3: Thank you. Okay.
0: And thanks for coming on, Katie. Thanks for having me. Annie, welcome back.
10: Thanks so much for having me back. And I really appreciate
0: it. Oh, well, it's so fun to talk to you again. You were on for episode 44. And what did we call it? We called it something fun.:
10: Something about speed dating for authors or something like that.: <laughs> I think
0: that was exactly it.:
10: Yeah, <laughs> so it's super
0: fun to talk to you again. And it's really funny that on when we aired your episode, you said that even though you own a bookstore, and that's the bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia, you still get a lot of your book recommendations from Instagram. So when I heard you on your own podcast, I'm subscribed. What's the name of it, Annie? It is called From the Front Porch. Oh, of course it is. Why is it called that? I haven't listened to it. I haven't been listening since the beginning. So yeah. I didn't hear the origin story.
10: Yeah, so basically we started it as a way to kind of yes, promote the books the bookshelf, but also because I when we moved to Thomasville, my one like requirement was that we had to have a house with a front porch because I grew up in a house with a big, beautiful front porch and I just love the idea of sitting on my porch swing, talking to readers and friends about what they're reading about life in this weird little place we call the South. Um, so yeah, from the front porch, it just kind of made sense.
0: So it's your house. Does the bookstore have a front porch?
10: No, just my, just my cute little house downtown has a front porch. (laughs) I think that's enough.
0: As long as you have one front porch. There's one somewhere. (laughs) You're covered. So when I was listening to your podcast, you mentioned that this year you were trying something new involving Instagram to track your books. So can you tell us about that? Because I'm sure for a lot of readers, this is going to be quick, easy, and it'll allow them to get something extra, which is tracking their books out of something they're already doing, which is social media.
10: Yeah, I think that was really where the idea came from. I have a lot of customers and fellow readers and friends who are constantly asking, oh, do you have a Goodreads account? And I don't have a Goodreads account. And part of that is, yes, I own an independent bookstore, so it's hard to buy into like an Amazon thing. Um, But also, and purely selfishly, I cannot keep up with like one more social media thing. like I I cannot. And so as I was kind of thinking about a way to track my books, I always in my planner record the books I've read for the month because I carry my planner everywhere. So that's like an easy for me way to keep track. But I know I have friends who want to know what I'm reading. And I thought, hey, I feel like I get some of my best recommendations on Instagram just from fellow readers posting about the book they read and they loved. So why can't I do that? And so it's a new thing I'm trying this year. I have my own little hashtag I created. Um, And yeah, I'm ranking books like on a five-star scale, Um, just posting pictures of the books I read and just a very brief little review and a rating. And we're going to see how it works.
0: Okay. Annie B. Jones 05 is your Instagram. You have to tell us what that hashtag is.
10: Yes. So the hashtag is you can edit this pause out because I have to remember what it is. it's
0: Annie reads 2017. I'm looking at oh, sorry.
10: it. Thank you. Um, it is Annie reads 2017. So that is the goal is to like track just what I've read and I'm reading this year.
0: I love that. So I'm looking at my phone and I can see that you're reading or maybe you've already finished the throwback special.
10: Yes. It, I just, oh, wait, that. hold on. It
0: already has a star rating. This is awesome. Yeah. I approve of this plan.
10: Yes, exactly. So yeah, I'm posting as I finish. So I'm not going to post books. I don't make it all the way through um because I don't count those like at the end of the year when I do like how many books did I read this year mm-hmm. um so I'm only going to track on Instagram the books I read um I am curious how this works for me when I read a book I don't like will be like I don't quite know how that's going to work yet I am going to post about it but I want to be careful and conscientious um and respectful of authors um but I do try to be honest with my reviews and yeah I'm posting as I, as I finish a book, I post a picture. It's super easy. And it just, again, I did not want to have to keep up with one other thing. And I'm already on Instagram. So I felt like this made sense.
0: How many books do you think you read a month?
10: Uh, I read. Okay. So on a month where the store is like normal, <laughs> kind of it's normal. January. Yeah. How- so can, <laughs> I'm going to say I read six to 10 books a month. Until November and December when
0: I read closer to four Hey, that's four more than I might have expected.
10: <laughs> yeah well I will be I will say this past December was nuts and we ran the store kind of without a manager and I read one book in December <laughs> so so that is the full truth is that this past December
0: I just read one but that's okay. I think you were probably busier than an accountant at tax time so we can all support that. <laughs> You're That's reading right. like an average American for the month of December. That sounds okay.
10: Yeah, I did read. Oh, it was a very depressing statistic about how my, much how many books Americans read in a year, and it made me feel good on the one hand because I was like, "Whoa, I am I am doing way better than that." But then it also made me very depressed. Like, oh no, I my job is not done on the- <laughs> as a professional book person. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, I think this will be. I think it'll be fun because this is how I get so many recommendations, because I don't have a lot of time anymore. This is so sad, but like to read blogs, or I don't know. So but I am on Instagram, like I'm on Instagram, both for the bookshelf and personally. And I follow publishers, and I follow sales reps, but I also follow you and um, Jamie Golden from the podcast. And like, I just feel like I get really great recommendations on Instagram all the time. And now maybe I get to contribute to that.
0: This is your way to give back, Annie. That's right. (laughs) All right. I love it. Well, I'd love to hear an update later in this year, but thanks for sharing. And I'm glad it's working for you so far. Thanks, Anne.
10: Happy to share.
0: Next, we have Kathy, who shares how she uses a popular social media platform to track her books. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. When I put out a call for readers to share how they track their books, you replied with some interesting suggestions. Do you want to tell us about how you do keep track of your reading? Sure.
1: I started tracking my reading in 2006 when I, for the first time that I can remember, set a reading goal that I wanted to read 52 books that year. So to track that, I kept a numbered list in a journal where I recorded the month title and author of the book. And then at the end of the year, I was able to easily see how many books that I had read, which was more than 52. And I've continued to keep that journal since. So I guess I'm coming up on 11 years now of using that book to track my titles for the year. Was it the reading goal itself that inspired you to start? I think so. I mean, I've always been a reader, but for whatever reason that year, I don't know if I was thinking I just wanted to set, you know, goals and resolutions or something, but I'm like, oh, well I should read at least a book a week. So that's kind of always been in the back of my mind that that should be my minimum goal. And I've far exceeded that some years in a few years, fallen a little short, but, um, It's just a nice way to keep that list that I can easily. Did I read that book? You know, go back Mm. and see.
0: Kathy, I don't number the books in my journal. I, I wish I did. But the reason I don't is because I tend to start a lot of books that I don't end up finishing. And that's why I don't number them, but it would be so great to have them numbered. But I know half the listeners are thinking this is so nitpicky. And half the listeners are thinking, yes, exactly. That's my problem. (laughs) Do you always finish the books you start or how do you deal with them if you don't?
1: Well, I mean, in recent years, I've only now started to not finish books that I don't enjoy. And it's really, if I'm not very far into it and it's just not pulling me in, then I will stop. But for the most part, I do finish the books that I read. I only have two that i read more than half that I just could not finish, but I, I am doing better about abandoning books. But for the most part, even if it's not great, I feel there's something I'm pulling from it. So I do try to finish them.
0: So if you can only think of two that you haven't finished lately, that that isn't really throwing off your numbers.
1: No. I mean, typically too, I would say that if it's a book I borrowed from the library and it's not really pulling my interest, I'm more likely to give it up. Whereas if it's something that I paid for, I have that extra element of like, okay, I spent $20. I need to read this. Mm-hmm. So that is something that factors in a little bit too.
0: So if you do quit on a book, does it keep its number in the journal or do you strike it through? What do you
1: do? No, I, I don't write the books in the journal till I've actually finished reading them. okay. So yeah, they don't make it to the journal if they are not finished.
0: Okay. I like it. Now you were also the only reader who replied saying that you used Pinterest to keep track of your books. Can you tell us a little bit about your system?
1: Well, since I use Goodreads, but I don't like Goodreads to show books that I want to read because that would change my overall like book number on there, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I look at Goodreads, I want it to show just books that I've read. Uh So to do my TBR board, um, I created a board on Pinterest, which is just simply to read. And if I'm listening to a podcast or I'm reading reviews online and something sounds interesting to me, I can very easily go onto Pinterest and nine times out of 10, somebody else has already pinned that book. So I can find it and easily add it to my to read board. And then when I've read the book, I created another shelf or another board called bookshelf. And I just edit the pin and move it to the bookshelf board once I've actually read it.
0: Do you know how many books are on those boards
1: right now? Well, on my bookshelf board, the board that's books that I've pinned and and then read, I have exactly 100 titles right now because I just finished one two days ago that I had pinned. Um, and then the TBR board I know has well over a hundred titles. That one is always growing. Obviously, Uh um, a few books have lingered on there for pretty much since the board was created, but (laughs) hopefully, um, hopefully eventually I will get to, Uh um, so, but it's worked
0: out well for me so far. That sounds great. Thanks so much for telling us about it. And for our last reader, I want to share an email from Alice who uses a team collaboration tool Trello to track her reading. Here's what she says. And she starts by explaining a little bit about what Trello is. Again, go to the show notes site, whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 64, and you can see a photo of what Alice is talking about. Okay, here goes. There are three main elements in Trello. Boards, you can think about them as physical whiteboards or folders. Lists, these are the columns displayed in a row inside the boards, and cards, virtual post-it notes you can drag and drop around from list to list once you make any progress on your project. They can also be seen as individual tasks. So Alice adapted this for her reading life. Here's what she says. For my digital reading journal, I created a dedicated board with three main lists, to be read, currently reading, and read. I created a new card for each book I want to read inside the TBR list, Then I move the card to the currently reading list once I start the book, and then to the red list once I finish it. Also, I have a super simple rating system using the labels provided by Trello. Red is for bad, green is for good, yellow is for so-so, and black is for books I didn't finish. This is a super simple way to use it, but the best thing about Trello is that you can customize it however much you want. For example, you could add an additional list for the books you're planning to read for a reading challenge, add more labels for rating books, you could even write your own reviews inside the cards. Okay, Alice. I actually use a similar tool for my work, but it never crossed my mind to use it as a virtual whiteboard to track the status of the books I'm reading, which is why I love it so much. Again, make sure to visit the podcast site at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 64 to see photos of Alice's Trello method. I so enjoyed talking to so many different readers about how they track the books they're reading, and I hope you enjoyed today's special episode featuring them. Please head to the podcast site to check out photos for these methods, the links we talked about today, and to check out pictures of my very own reading journal. That page is at what should I read sixty four. If you're on Twitter, let me know there at Ann Bogle. That is Anne with an E, B as in books, O G E L. Tag us on Instagram to share what you are reading. You can find me there at Ann Bogle and at what should I read next. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, Ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.